Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things. Simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth, or at least sometimes. This is a good one. I walked two doors down. My neighbor, Dalen Gray, is the founder and owner of Between the Trees Bread. Went over, interviewed him, talked about bread. He was making bread. He's making croissants. You're going to hear all sorts of bakery noises in the background. We paused a few times. He had to take stuff out of the refrigerator, put it in the oven, all that kind of good stuff. Really good. Hey, uh, before we go any further, you know that intro song? I want to I want to hear your thoughts of the intro song. Got the acoustic version, and then here in a moment, after I say enjoy, you're gonna hear the full version with the lyrics. That's my friend McLean Cawthon. He's in Nashville, former Boone guy. I paid him to make that song, and I paid him with money that people give to support my work, my endeavors here. This thing's about things thing, whatever this is that I'm doing. And so, so thank you. There are uh, a good amount of you that give five bucks a month, one buck a month, whatever it is, whatever level you're comfortable with. And because of that, I was able to commission uh, an artist, a musician, former Boone guy, McLean, living in Nashville now to make that song. Thank you for giving. And also wanted you to know about a, a thing I'm really excited about. You can probably hear it in my voice. I think it's time for me to start making video podcasts. So been doing audio for a few years, want to transition to video. The transition to video is not a real quick and cheap one. Hopefully quick, but definitely not cheap. So what I want to do is I'm going to get some video equipment, some other gear, make a little studio where I could start doing these interviews and some just me individually as well, making these podcasts, video podcasts. So if you've been listening for a while, you like what you hear, at least like what you hear sometimes, or maybe you like what you've heard in the past and you just want to support what I'm doing, if you would consider going to patreon.com slash things about things, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, patreon.com slash things about things, and consider becoming a monthly supporter of my work, I want to buy some gear, some video gear, create a little studio, Nothing too fancy, but you know, hopefully good enough quality. And if if you who are listening, you've been listening for a while, maybe you've heard me mention this in the past, and you think, you know, I could spare five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, dare I say fifty bucks a month, that will go a long way in this endeavor. I'm gonna get the gear. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at Jason at thingsaboutthings.com. I can tell you more about it. Please consider going to patreon.com slash things about things. It's because of the current supporters that I was able to get the gear just to have the podcast, the website, the gear to do the audio part. And now I'm reaching out to more people to see if they'd be willing to pitch in some so that I can create videos. These are going to be videos of interviews. These are also going to be more videos of me talking. So for years, I almost didn't want to say the phrase like, just listen to me talking. But really, my whole adult life has been me talking. And and it's kind of an ego thing, I guess, right? But I, for the last year, I have more and more stuff built up that I want to say. And so I want to start doing some videos that are not just me interviewing people. Most of my podcast has been me interviewing people about their thing. And I want to start saying some more things of my own. I have a lot of ideas. Some of them are spiritual in nature. Some of them are really silly in nature and uh, and everything in between those. And, and many times how those two things overlap. I think there's something inside of us when we feel something spiritual. We, I think, mistakenly think that that feeling always and only has to be super serious. I think it's similar to the thing inside of us that makes us want to laugh, something that makes us want to be, feel entertained, some joy inside of us. I think joy is a very spiritual thing. I'll talk more about that another time. But I, I think I want to video those. So patreon.com slash things about things. Uh, you can look at your different the different tier levels of whatever support level you are comfortable with. And that's going to go a long way in this endeavor of me getting some video gear. All right. I walked two doors down to Dalen's Bakery, founder, owner of Between the Trees Bread, and just asked, blasted him with questions. He was making stuff right in front of me. And whether you want to buy bread or you want to make bread, I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Dalen Gray of Between the Trees Bread. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
also, yeah, like I said, if there's a time that you that beeps, go do your thing. Okay. Just make sure to not, you know, yeah, walk yeah. with the mic on. I'll have I have some books. I'll have to do a turn here in a minute, so I'll have to move some stuff. But uh, yeah, um, other than that, nothing big. Yeah. So Wednesdays are different than other days for you. Uh, Wednesdays for the past four months because it's been winter time has been just the food hub bake. Um, but now I transition into wholesale has been so small over the winter because restaurants are slow. Wholesale is picking up. So now I have wholesale bread in the oven and then I have four books of croissant dough for the Wataga market this Saturday. What's a book? A book is like just like a block of croissant dough, essentially. It's like what you do. It's like the dough that's before laminated you s- before you slice it in. Oh, uh, yeah. What does laminate mean? <laughs> laminate means you, like, uh, encase, you're encasing butter inside the dough without melting the butter. Oh, yes. That's what, that's what makes a croissant a croissant. Oh. The lamination. Because essentially what happens is so the good. butter, <laughs> yeah, the butter, like, fries the dough. Okay. Essentially, so it proves up, and then the butter, the layers of butter, like, fry when it hits the oven, and it essentially, so that's what creates the layers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to know why you even got into it. Like, I want to talk about what bread is and how it's made and all that, but why, For I sure. think I want to ask first. Uh, you know? Why? Uh, probably because I have a perfectionist kind of nature. Okay. And but it, it I guess it started um, it started when I went to France on a climbing trip. There we go. In Spain and I ate bread. Just like I got I kind of just really liked the style of it, like picking up a baguette or something or just bread or whatever. Yeah. And eating on that throughout the day. And then I came back and had a little time. I wasn't really employed at the time and started making bread. This is in like two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. All right. And I kinda like played around with it. Yeah. But Never you weren't thinking business. You were just thinking it'd be cool to learn this, right? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I was no. And before that, I didn't even eat. I didn't before I went to like Spain and France. I I didn't touch bread. I didn't like. I didn't really eat it. Why? Uh, calories. I was a climber. It's kind of a. Do you want less weight to have to cl- pull I was, up? I was pretty heavily into calorie counting for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, just like different things associated with that. So I didn't really touch bread. So in some ways, this is a. F- you setting yourself free from that <laughs> yeah a lot yeah yeah it's a it's a complete change in the way that i that's awesome have associated with food oh okay yeah yeah now you're like butter do it let's do this yeah. <laughs> flaky yeah. stuff well things have changed <laughs> with climbing i'm not s- as concerned with yeah. progressing and being so now top. it's more of a hobby enjoyment instead of uh, there's always some complexities too, like okay. hobbies and enjoyments. But yeah, <laughs> the climbing is yeah, climbing is something that I'll I'll do for the rest of my life. Um, Maybe we can talk grade. about that sometime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, climbing was before bread. Climbing was. I mean, climbing still is my thing, but like, oh, okay. it's like, it was my life. Yeah. I love how those two items would normally not ever be associated with like a Venn diagram. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> uh, climbing. Competitive climbing. Yeah, competitive climbing. Uh, bread. Overlap? Um, Dalen? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you do need... I mean, I think bread is... It's a symbolic... It's symbolic for basic necessity of life sustenance. Yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it, bread is that... of life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the thing that... Even if, even if some cultures, it might be rice or something... But for a lot of cultures, bread is a staple for yeah. food. That food equals that's the, bread. That's the number one thing I learned about bread in the last year is it's incredibly cultural. And American culture doesn't really incorporate it as much. It does in certain ways, but it's very a very cultural food, and it's very important to certain people. And it, it just wasn't for me growing up. But getting to travel overseas, getting to experience bread the way made the way that it is. But even like even that, eating it was part of it making it was what really trapped me though because it's like it's it it's a process that like if you have a perfectionist way of thinking where you like you there's always something you did wrong there's always something to get better about and you like that yeah i mean i have a love-hate relationship but that's how my mind functions you know so since it functions that way you might as well harness it instead of let it control you (laughs) you get to kind of control the situation i mean it grew up like the perfectionist mindset brings me into it and hooks me in and keeps me like doing it and like I like 
get really into it on like getting better with it that's how I was with climbing that's how I am with a lot of things but like science-y even though uh yeah I mean a little science sometimes science sometimes mm. not really but it's mm. more like it's almost like motivationally oriented it's like you're not doing it right like I don't know you just want well, I can, like you can see what you're doing wrong and you're like oh maybe this was wrong maybe this was wrong uh-huh yeah, and I'm not a climber, but I've climbed enough, and my wife, I've watched my wife climb enough to know how that could apply to climbing. Yeah, and especially high in bouldering, there's a lot of problem solving to it. Yeah. There's a lot of things to, like, perfect. I don't know. Um, but so, yeah, bread, in my mind, and, like, my, I shattered my ankle in 2018, uh-huh. and I didn't walk for four or five months. Um, so I didn't have much to do. So that then I got into croissants because I had a lot of time. And croissants is, like, when your hand, I mean, it, it's something that you can very easily mess up and you um but then it, I mean like grew more challenge into that. accepted you're like <laughs> yeah. you can mess it up challenge accepted yeah. but then you like it, I mean then it kind of graduated into like I mean there's the like the local food movement and all this oh, yeah. stuff around like eating good bread and like sharing it and like you really learn to love healthy ingredients instead yeah. of like uh bleached to within of an inch of its life sure. no value to your body <laughs> yeah <laughs> supporting uh, local creating jobs that kind of vibe which I mean sure. I have the ben- you know got the best neighborhood I think but I like I get to walk a couple houses <laughs> a couple doors down and just buy yeah. a loaf and yeah, no bag required cool. yeah, it's yeah. amazing <laughs> right? yeah so far it's working out so you uh you started with croissants or not necessarily croissants? no I started with country loaves. sour loaves country sourdough because that's kind of how it rolls like you it's kind of your gateway bread drug I guess because it's like kind of the easier one to do croissants is a more technical procedure but I mean some, everyone starts differently some people start with yeasted breads or whatever I started with sat, like country sourdough so when you started with that walk me through what that looked like what what ingredients are sitting in front of you where do you get those ingredients yeah as much as you want to share okay uh, I mean so I mean you start by just going to the grocery store and mm-hmm. picking up whatever cheapest bag for me it was like the cheapest bag of flour I could find because I'm yeah, not trying to spend just to get things money. started yeah um, and then you learn about protein content how important it is and then you like graduate away from that and then wait let me stop you protein in bread well gluten gluten is a protein oh yeah I didn't know that yeah gluten is uh, two amino acids combined together because when water hits it it gliadin and glutenin I think mm-hmm. uh, create gluten okay when water mixes with flour okay um but, um, so yeah, and then you learn, cause like you buy your bag of Pillsbury flour, it doesn't make bread. Right. It kind of just forms a puddle. I mean, you can cut your hydration, but you, yeah. So King Arthur and then, I mean, once like I started getting more into local food, then you learn about Lonely Mills and Carolina Ground. And, uh, I mean, these are just like steps along the process, but I use King Arthur for years. This episode is sponsored by King Arthur. <laughs> King Arthur, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. then you have that your stuff sitting there I mean yeah flour some water boom but that's not boom what do you do <laughs> uh, yeah I mean so there, I mean there's a whole thing to it I mean the tartine method is what was popularized like amongst the internet and I'm kind of an, an internet bread baby um, okay but uh, tartine method it, I mean you start with like you have your leaven or culture uh-huh. and you have your flour and your water and you mix the flour and water first and that's called process called auto lease oh i've never heard that um auto lease is just the flour and water and what it does is like i said um gluten forms when water mixes with yeah. flour so when so what that does is the auto lease allows it a little extra time to get ahead of the fermentation because you don't want the gluten to not have developed by the time fermentation starts um whoa because fermentation has two main phases it's the lag phase and the like i guess like the fermentation phase but there's like a couple hours we're not really doing much. If you rush that and make the bread anyway, what happens? What are the consequences of not waiting? Uh, like, you just wouldn't have, like, a properly developed gluten structure, especially when you're hand mixing. I mean, with your, when you're machine mixing, you can just whip it all together. Or you can cut hydration. Um, but... It would become... It just wouldn't make bread. It just kind of would fall apart. Oh, well. It just kind of dissolves, because gluten is what... Gluten is essentially the balloon, like, for the bread. So, like, think of gluten as, like, the balloon itself, and then air like as it ferments as the bacteria and as the yeast like the yeast feeds on the oxygen inside the flour and water and then the bacteria devours like the starches and proteins within it what Um, about so with the the leaven or the yeast do you 
buy those little packets or you probably have them? I mean, I, I use culture. Um, okay. So this is like, you can see the, the activity in there. Yeah, it's um, alive. But uh, when you got started, fed, you got those little... No, I, you never, I never use commercial yeast in any of my bread. Oh, okay. uh, well, I do now for certain things that croissants do. It, okay. Sourdough doesn't tolerate freezer well and uh-huh. organizing them full-on bakery schedule I, I need to utilize the freezer mm-hmm. um so um so yeah i don't even remember what i was saying uh it, wait, it would fall apart has to yeah. wait for a couple yeah, hours so that's to the do auto lease process yeah. and then you add in the culture and the salt um a little bit more water a little more water is called bassinage um that just helps like make a creamier crumb structure um it's a fancy word for Adding a little bit more water. Yeah, that's. Well, I, I think it's, I'm sure it's French. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's great. Um, so yeah, that's a lot the of basic to make you sound like a professional. Yeah, and not. then you wait, and then you wait. How long? Before so you're putting. Yeah, the bulk oven. fermentation is usually. It depends. I mean, all of this depends on your temperature, your hydration, your amount of culture added. Like everything, everything varies. There's, you, you, like, there's not a recipe for bread, like. Bread is more done in ratios and not in recipes. Cool. Um, and, like, everything is different based on, like I said, the protein content of your flour, the hydration of your dough, um, the amount of culture, your climate, the day, whatever. It's – every day it's different. Um, and, like, massive, you know, commercial bakeries will just, like, control their own conditions and they'll Proof make it standardized, you know. Because you want – the client, their customers want the same exact experience every time they buy it. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not that. That's not any better. I'm not saying like no. It's it's just or worse. What it it's is. just a, yeah. another way of doing it. Right, right. I have no problem with commercially produced sourdough as long as it's made with the right stuff, good ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So then I'm guessing. Well, let's keep going with that. It has to sit for a while in a relatively warm or room temperature. I shoot for like warm for okay. sourdough the warmer the well between like warm, high like 78 to like 85 is what I'm yeah. shooting for Boone warm that's warm for Boone yeah so I utilize <laughs> the speed rack and I like the winter time I'm putting the dough in there and have a heater in there and oh yeah just that's like my little fermentation chamber yeah yeah um but in the summertime it'll just sit out and I mean if you like have more you, the thing with fermentation is like you can cool it you can heat it you can Really do a lot of stuff to fit your schedule. I have to take some. Yeah, I'll just press pause. Yeah. So that's took those out. These are yeah. These are the books of dough. It's right. called a book because you can see it, like it's Looks folded, folded and yeah. it's like it's awesome. Yeah, it makes so sense. The butter stick. You can see the lines of the butter in there. But yeah. So then you put it in the oven. <clears throat> Next step, not for the books. For the bread. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bread. Put um, it in the oven and. Uh, well, so. After bulk fermentation is done, you shape it, oh, and oh. then it overnight. I overnight prove it. You can. Oh, you can I forgot about that. It. I can't oh. really done that, but I forgot about yeah. that step. I let it rest overnight because lactic acid in it, like the culture works better. The bacteria in the culture works better a little, in at a at a slower cold temperature because the yeast takes over at really warm temperatures, and so if you give it an overnight. Um, it allows fermentation to happen and not so much just respiration. One night, preferably, if you were gonna. You can do two. You can, can do wait it, a little bit longer. I mean, if you keep it real cold, it can go. Longer. You could, yeah, you could do it for a while. Yep. It gets more sour because there wow. is. Uh, so some people might do that as a technique. Yeah, some people do longer. minimum forty-eight hours. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, then you put then the oven time. Yeah, and then you take it out, score it, bake it. What does score mean? Cut score it. Score is like cut it. So yeah. the essentially the dough has direction. Essentially, oh, so it doesn't okay. just like blow out the side or something. Oh, okay. So let's talk about when you start adding other ingredients because I know sometimes I'll buy from you something that's not the yeah, actual one. You'll be like, yeah. this one's got this thing and this thing. That's got to change the science of what happens inside of that, <laughs> right? Uh, sunflower things, seeds in there. Do. It's got to be there. Walnuts. So so nuts and seeds don't usually have much. What you have to do is focus, it'll mess with your hydration. Mm-hmm. If you're adding any like cooked ingredients, like porridges or anything, like I like sometimes use oatmeal or barley or cooked grain porridges, that'll increase your hydration. So you need to uh-huh. watch like 
it'll kind of just turn into a pancake. And sometimes, I mean, they just are pancakes, but like, um, <laughs> they're probably good some though. Stuff, <laughs> like some stuff messes with the fermentation, like spices, you put a lot of cinnamon in it, it would slow fermentation. If you put a lot of, I used mushrooms one time and mushrooms messed with it. That's a good idea. Um, but it was, I used mushroom shiitake powder or something, but like, uh-huh. um, but yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't mess with fermentation too much. It does mess with like, if you add it in too early before the gluten's developed, it'll fall apart. If you add it in with too much water, too much liquid, it will fall apart. So it's just like, it makes it a little more complex, but I keep it simple by like kind of, I use my country dough kind of as like a, right now, it's like my base dough, and then I just do add inclusions. Like I'll make an olive ciabatta out of country dough. I'll make like certain things out of country dough. Actually, I, I hydrate the ciabatta quite a bit more. But. Do, you, do you tend to lean toward, or this <clears throat> one's going to be more savory? Oh, pause, press pause again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you go into making the bread, do you go, all right, I'm going to include, this is going to be more sweet, this one's going to be more savory? Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I, I kind of like, I pay attention to what people, what tends to sell yeah. at the market, what doesn't sell. Um, well, that's but hard I like because you sell out every time, so that's hard to. Most of the time, maybe yeah. maybe whatever sells out fastest. Or yeah, sometimes things are just like picked up, and sometimes things like linger. First of all, the rye always lingers, but that's just rye is a, its own entity. I was literally going to ask that right now: is 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 the rye flour have a different temperament? And rye is vastly different than bread flour. Um, it doesn't have much gluten at all, and it doesn't really make bread through gluten like what I was talking about yeah. like gluten forming yeah. it doesn't that's, you don't make rye bread like that um, rye has like different like uh, starches in it that like essentially form together through the acidity of the culture like you need acid from a sour to starter to make a rye bread work hmm. um, needs some assistance it doesn't yeah it doesn't come together unless there's like if acidity it, if it didn't have that and I would imagine some people, especially like, you know, you know, a long time ago, however long that means, probably people made rye without any of that assistance. Was it, I'm picturing it, was it Well, bread was like initially dense? made with, with culture before commercial yeast was ever a thing. So oh. rye would have been first cultured, and then people would have messed around with culturing and adding commercial yeast. Oh, got it, yeah. Um, so, and rye, rye, I really love rye. Yeah. I love the grain itself because it's more of like a... I don't know, it's like a... I love rye. It's a grain that... And not even so much... This isn't about taste or anything. It's a grain that comes out of hardship, almost. Because oh, it, yeah, like, the backstory of it. It was cultivated... Wheat wasn't... Wheat wasn't... Rye started... Rye was a weed, essentially, a wheat. And then the wheat crop in Europe failed or for some reason, and rye became much more prevalent. So people started baking rye. And so I a lot of rye that. recipes utilize a lot of things that come from rye itself and not like uh-huh. just adding sugar or adding fat you like add like you take pre-cooked loaves of rye dissolve it and add that into the dough you like cook this the rye flour and add that into the dough you like sprout rye berries add that to the dough like so a lot of things are just like you're making uh-huh. this complex flavor out of just the rye itself and i i find that really fascinating yeah my family is jewish and Jewish people are known for liking rye bread, <laughs> and especially European Jews. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it has something to do with what you just said. Like maybe. maybe like when the Jewish population pre-Holocaust started to grow, maybe they didn't have the means and they had to use the yeah. weed, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the weed of, of wheat. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it seems, it seems uh, like a Jewish food to me for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is pumpernickel related to rye in terms yeah, of its uh, ingredients? Pumpernickel is traditionally a rye, yeah. A lot, but the thing with thing with how we associate rye in America, yeah, is we often associate rye with caraway. Um, oh right, of the course. The flavor of, but I don't. I've never. Most ryes don't use caraway. Uh huh. And so I bet you what I think of of that taste of caraway, is probably just yeah. caraway. Yep. Yeah, and it's usually just a bread. It's a bread loaf with caraway seeds added to it with, uh-huh. like, a little coloring, so it looks like rye. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, but it, so everyone associates... When you think of rye in America, you think of caraway. Uh-huh. But it's not. Right. It's not. So it's I just a style decision caraway. that was added to it or whatever. Yeah. And what about... How do you get the... So dark... What 
How does pumpernickel get so dark? Uh, traditionally, so most pumpernickels in the grocery store are just colored, but traditionally it's a really long, slow bake. Oh. Like, like we're talking almost like, like 24 hours. burning it. Yeah. Slowly, a uh, low temperature, slow burn. Uh, <laughs> bakers prefer caramelization. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not, yeah, I don't think any baker or any cook of any kind, like, yeah, you just burn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's caramelized. Well, that's like when I cook onions, saute onions, and I yeah. like them caramelized, and yeah. my kids are like, why'd you burn the onions? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't, I caramelized them. Yeah. Kids with those fresh taste buds, they, uh. They can really taste a lot of stuff. And our kids love your bread. Okay. Because they're, you know, their taste buds are more pure, and so they're tasting all the nuances that I probably don't even, with all the hot sauce I've had over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might not even taste all the nuance that they do, but they love it. Yeah. At, at first, they didn't think they were going to like it because of how different it looks than a grocery store bottle yeah. loaf of bread. It's also crusty. Sometimes kids really don't care for the crust. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were like, no, I want the soft part. But I just said, just try You don't have to like it. And they love it. Yeah, and they cool. went from wanting, not wanting it to really the crust being among the favorites. Because mm-hmm. then if you get used to it, that texture and there's something satisfying about having to go, yeah. you know? Uh, so... All right, you got into it, kind of nerding out on all the details, the complexities, the challenge of perfectionism. Why make a business out of it? Uh, well, I, I had been playing with the idea. So I, I've worked in the service industry pretty much my whole life, and I was working at Oreander pre-COVID. Um, and I was getting a little past the point of just, like, before COVID, of, like, just baking it for myself it really had grown to the point where I was like baking it so much that I wasn't really eating it I was usually giving it away mm-hmm. um, and people were loving it and like throwing out the ideas of like you should start a business or whatever mm-hmm. blah 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 um, and I was like kind of in, I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest at the mm-hmm. time you liked doing it people yeah. liked eating it I didn't really have any direction climbing was my direction for years and I was just like kind of growing out of like place with it and I didn't really know what to do and I went through this like few year phase of like I'm not I don't really know what I'm doing and mm-hmm. I was just working in a kitchen and climbing and like kind of liking it um and then so it kind of just like started to fill the gap and then when COVID happened I had unemployment and I had a lot of free time and Andy at every yonder like would sell my bread through the little bit of business that they would do um during quarantine and so I, I picked up deliveries, like I started delivering bread to the houses. It worked well for COVID times. Um, just small, like doing like 12 to, you know, 15 to 30 loaves a week or something. And then... Uh, so that seems really small to you now. Yeah, like tiny. <laughs> yeah. Like yesterday I I hand mixed 80 loaves and, and shaped uh, 60 croissants. Um, and then today we're baking them all. But yeah, and hard to a, keep the passion going of the of enjoying it when it just becomes do this every day now. Yeah, uh, you can't. I've, I've kind of like last year was a big learning curve, but like, you can't really love anything when you do too much of it. Like, because mm-hmm. you just like are drowned. I don't know. You're just like it was such. A, I didn't. I, perhaps I went into this with a little maybe like white male confidence, but like. I uh, I just didn't really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I maybe did a little more than I did. And then you just, like, all of a sudden you're in it. And then, so what happened was the King Street Market, the Tuesday Farmer's Market, asked me to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Because um, we, we had, we were able to refinance this, my mom refinanced this house. And she's going to renovate, she's going to use this space after I'm done. But I was able to use this space. We got it commercially inspected. And the King Street Market is small. And then, but then weirdly, this other bake, the only other baker for the Watauga County Farmer's Market, the big one, retired the same year that I started. So they came to us and asked us to do that market. And that market is like, like huge. Yeah. For me, especially, because like, I just went into it like, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I went from making 15 to 30 loaves a week to making 300 loaves a week and like 200 croissants a week hand laminated and I was just like whoa um, 
thankfully yeah. Tatiana really came in at that time. We started dating during COVID, and uh, she has really stepped up and like become like a, a main like the other half of what's going on right now. Um, yeah, so. so it went it went from a handful so that's, to now you're selling out of however many you can make they'll sell. Yeah, yeah. At the Watauga market, I could sell three times what I bring. So I guess the question is, how do you know? I guess Malcolm Gladwell talked about the tipping point. I'm not sure if I read the book. Yeah, Uh, I couldn't. I don't quote me on it, but yeah, yeah. How do you know uh, what to do from here? Because my guess is, you know, you don't want to become a a huge corporation with hundreds of employees. Yeah. And, but but you, but I also know that you would like for more people to be a part of yeah, this with I, you. I for sure, I don't even necessarily, like, employees is one thing and it's a natural part of, like, growth um, because people don't look for ownership immediately. Yeah. Um, but I look, I'm looking more for partnership, cooperation. I'm yeah. not so much, because what I've found to be the most taxing part of this is the stress of the business. Like, the bread, the bread, is fine. I mean, it has its own stresses, and croissants have their own stresses. You know, everything. Yeah. But all those stresses are—it's a complicated subject yeah. matter. But a lot of it has to do with most of the stress comes from financial insecurity and mm-hmm. um, the dependence upon people liking your product for security. You know what that reminds me of is art. And I think I think that this is in the same category. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not so sure that anyone would really say it. Artisan. They use the word artisan. Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, this is a, an item that people use. They don't just look at it because it's pretty. But it still has some of the element of I want to create something, and I want it to be an artistic process. And actually, I want it to be about this is high quality. It's helping the world. It's helping the neighborhood. It's helping the town, the community. But at the end of the day. You have to have somebody to say, I like the way that it tastes. <laughs> you yeah. can't just be like, no, 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 no. I know that you don't like the way that it tastes, but I promise it yeah. was a really great process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I have to pay my bills. Yeah, That's right. That's a lot of a lot. That's of at the end of the work day. And you part have to of that still is just, once yeah. again, I, I mean, stress is always worse in your mind than it is in reality, but um, I, uh, I just stress about finances. Well, I'm a fan of the mentality of in a community. I know it might not always be possible, but I'm a little um, uh, naive about it or, or optimistic about it. I think that if there's a community that's healthy, they say this person contributes this in our community and we want it to exist. So we will do what we need yeah. to do to make sure it keeps going. Yeah. Instead of just going like, oh, you should just get a different job that pays you more then. It's like, no, 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 we need that bread to be here. <laughs> like the between the yeah. trees bread yeah. has to be here. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, I think that's where maybe hopefully some people listening where they come in of yeah. like, so I wanted to ask before we go into other stuff, how can the community help to make sure that they keep between the trees, trees bread in the high country? <laughs> they want to uh, eat it, but how do they make sure it stays? Because <laughs> I'm sure they I don't, want. I don't know if there's anything they can do to make sure that uh, I'll be here. Right. Um, they are like the community itself. Like, I don't. I don't even really know how to answer that because, like, yeah. it really comes down to like m- me personally making it sustainable mm-hmm. for myself. Like, which both makes means profitability and like. You know, the whole work-life balance kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. They don't, they don't need to do anything. I, I don't really see... Personally, I don't see myself as a necessity here. I mm. see it as a luxury um, more so. Um, bread, like, there is, like, a, a certain... Like, the bread that I make is different. It is made in a better way. Um, than most grocery store breads but like if you can find like grocery store bread made in the same way like you know that uses like the important things about the bread that I feel personally feel like that I make is that it focuses on the sourcing of the ingredients Um, and I focus on reinvesting profits back into like workers themselves but that's Um, part of what I because I know that about you and your website says it too but that's part of what I meant when I said 
it has to be here. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. the loaf of I guess, bread I guess itself. The way that I'm, I, I guess the way that I'm trying, I'm trying to reinforce that. Yeah. As long as you, as a consumer, are focusing on, like the fact that the bread is made with, like, locally sourced ingredients, and like a, like an emphasis on like, the worker health behind the scene. Yeah. Which it's hard to do, and that's why that's yeah, the yeah. one benefit of having a bread where the, the creator like kind of cares about that kind of stuff yeah and if you go to a grocery store you may or may not have that embedded in the For bread sure. or you may not be able to even know yeah that's I, I would feel like no, no accusation against any grocery store I'm not even sure how I would even know that information if, yeah, even yeah, if they had a loaf of bread there I'd be like I don't know if they well, and it's like, care about that how, stuff and like to a certain extent so much of that is behind the scenes that it's like yeah. hard to know which is why it should it's be like, the default of the human experience yeah but it but isn't it's like anymore. so watered down throughout the supply chain that it's like yeah. impossible to know and most of my flour comes from commodity sources but like a good percentage especially the whole grain Carolina ground loaves like the sourcing of the ingredients is the priority um it's locally sourced. They know the farmers. They know the millers. Like we have, it's like a very closed chain, and that I find to be the true value behind yeah. the bread that I make. Well, I like that you are open with talking about here's where the money goes when you buy a loaf of bread and all that. But in a you know capitalism, the capitalist society we're in, it seems like the way for you to make the money you need would be you need to start getting those ingredients cheaper, and you need to start charging more. But if you get the ingredients cheaper, there goes your whole reasoning for why you're even doing it in the first place, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to spend good money to support the local instead of getting, like, the cheapest possible thing from another part shipped to you. Yeah. So there, it's kind of a conundrum. You want to do what's right, but you also need to pay your bills. The, the thing about bread is flour... As far as cost of goods, so I charge $6 for a country loaf of sourdough. I pay about $0.90 cents for the flour. Uh-huh. So I have a lot of room. I can absorb. Yeah, but if somebody hears that and they don't, if they've never run a business before, they might be like, $0.90, cents, $6? You must be rich if you're selling hundreds of these. Uh we're, we're, and maybe we can talk well, yeah, about I mean, it. We're sitting around. There's other cost of goods. You're in the bakery. There's all this equipment yeah. that I'm. All I'm saying <laughs> is that I guess the, the important point of what I just said is that I can afford to. Pay good money for the ingredients. Pay, like the flour, there's give in like how much I pay for flour. Right. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. not. The flour itself isn't where Flo- the margin is as yeah, much. It's like. It's the labor and the. And other things, yeah, I mean, which, you've got half a dozen pieces of machinery. I don't even know what they are. And they cost money. It's not, a, it's not <laughs> enough machinery. Right. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about that. Is you know, wh- where do you go from here? Like, do you wanna, do you wanna be more? Do you want like a commercial building in town that someone would be able to walk into? And yeah, yeah, for sure. We definitely cool. want uh, retail. Yeah. Um, I want to. I. Right now, I'm in a middle ground. I, I want a level of business and volume where I can expand to the point where it's not me and Tatiana doing all of it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I look forward to. And also, I I like the idea of having a place where people can get... I mean, because I eat a croissant every day, and dude, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I want people to be able to do that, you know the, the ones that the croissants you make with the chocolate chunks in them yeah it's pain au chocolat does that what did you say it's French for it is pain au chocolat it's like kind of more the classic way of oh, okay. like chocolate croissants yeah. is it do those chocolate chunks or whatever you call them does that change the science be- no, behind it no it's the same dough you just roll chocolate into it oh okay it's super ch- I have to do some bread yeah I'll pause again yeah yeah uh, so I honestly don't remember where we were before I don't really either you uh, got the cut the croissants there but I I think regardless of where we were what I want to know is do you want the evolution of between the trees and like having more people on board taking ownership and do you want that to happen organically or do you like are you planning for 
when that would happen and who that would be. You're saying the growth of it? The growth of the staff or the ownership of it. Instead of calling it staff, maybe like more shared co-op yeah. ownership stuff. Uh, Is that just like yeah, it's I mean, in your heart and in your mind and you just want it to happen? Yeah, that stuff is going to come the way that it does. Like, yeah. It's not – certain things will be like, you know, I'll, once it needs to happen, like certain things are going to happen. Um, yeah. But other than that, like new people, stuff like that will happen as it happens. Like you meet new people every day with this, new partnerships form, like, new, like we have yeah. a new opportunity coming up that – may provide a new space you know like things Mm -hmm. things are kind of falling into place Mm -hmm. um and certain things will be as they're needed by us will yeah you know happen more quickly but i'm guessing but the growth will be organic and you can't really scale at this point you can't be like all right we did we're doing 900 per whatever network next month we're gonna go nine thousand. some major stuff has to change before that i'm guessing it's space and people yeah i mean space is the number one limiter right now mm-hmm. and then once we have space then it will be people and equipment essentially oh and more equipment too yeah, yeah. that's just part of the space i guess yeah we just don't have space for any more equipment would it be more of the same equipment or would it be uh no different? it would be like equipment to scale like i would yeah. stop like right now i'm hand laminating croissants i would get a sheeter to sheet croissants oh okay because um, there's a machine that just like runs it back and forth and does the lamination. everything i just watched the machine just does yeah. so and it's like a whole game changer for i bet i mean because i could do a, you know a week's worth of croissants like a couple hundred and easily easily in your mind where's the line of when something's no longer handmade well yeah i mean <sighs> I don't think I mean you can argue that a hand mixed loaf of sourdough is better but there's really not much argument for it as long as you pay attention to the mixing process and like people make machine mixed bread that's artisan um yeah and it, honestly like, well, why I mean, wouldn't like I acme acme bread or is it acme bread that's in the grocery store um oh. there's a sourdough bread that's like not touched by a single hand sorry I'm saying no, no, it, and it but had low battery. It's the same process yeah. that we do, all us like artisan, quote unquote, uh, sourdough bread bakers. It's the same process. It just isn't touched by human hands. So is that artisan? You know, like I would, I would be like, it depends on the other ingredients. Work, yeah. the exactly. Other, like, is saying. it the good ingredients? Is it helping the local yeah. cult society? And in my mind, it would be like, this is why I like story stories and supporting local it's like if Dalen handmade these things and it was 12 of them then it was you know a couple dozen and it was 50 and it was 100 and then he realized you know what we need to get a couple more machines and then it scaled it's all still handmade to me because you like earn the trust mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. as opposed to a corporation with a billion dollars instantly just buys the machines and machines do it and then they claim it's the same process I'd be like you might be right, but I still kind of call BS on it. Yeah. I, at some point, you have to be a guy in a room or a girl, you know, just a person in a little room with a dream. <laughs> and then that, if, even if you get bigger, as long as you're still doing, accomplishing those goals, at some point, if you no longer cared about the ingredients, that's probably where I, the handmade thing falls yeah. apart and handmade's probably not even the right word artisan, artisan or you know that's where it falls apart to me is if you went you know what I can make way more money if I just don't care about people so I'm gonna do it yeah. and it I mean running like starting and running a small business is I'm learning is like a massive undertaking um, to learn how to do it at scale the amount of information that you go into it is like almost nothing it's and so like you're flour, almost, like you're especially like, tax, right. <laughs> tax preparation, like understanding the business side of things. Yeah. Like even if you understand like how to make bread, do whatever it is you're doing, but it's such a massive undertaking yeah. financially. Like there's so much privilege involved with like being able to start it. Uh huh. It's just so easy to get lost in your value, like lost from your values, mm-hmm. because you have to like 
you have to focus on number one, which is like being able to pay your bills. Like that's the first thing. Like, yeah. You have to be able to survive. Right, right. But then it's so easy to get lost. Like after that, it's so easy to focus on bottom line thinking. Yeah. Because it's just, it's almost like not a perfectionist way of thinking, but it's like a way of you just get caught up in it. And mm-hmm. then when does it transition into greed? You know, like. Uh huh. Well, all right, so the average person listening is probably not going to want to start their own bread business. In yeah. So I'm thinking that I'm thinking people in Boone or used to be in Boone that might come back sometimes, you know, thinking there's probably two categories of thoughts right now. One is they want to know how they can buy your bread and how that can help continue things for between the bread and the community. And the other one would probably just be people just want to try to make some bread at home with absolute sure. an active plan to never make a bread business. They just yeah. want to try it. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with the first one. Where do you sell your bread? Uh, we sell our bread at the Watauga County Farmer's Market on Saturday from 8 to 1 p.m. Um, usually we're out by 10 or 11, although we'll try and meet demand a little better this year. Um, but that's Because it sells out so fast. It does sell yeah. out. Um, but hopefully, yeah. I mean, if you make it there before 11, we'll definitely have bread. Um, and then I'm also trying to do second round so that we'll have bread after that. Um, but, um, and then we sell online through the food hub. That's your, your best way of like making sure you get a loaf for the week. You can order it online. And, and aren't you going to have it at Wildwood? We will have it market. on Wildwood. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a, I'm going to interview Joe about the yeah. launch of it soon. Cool. That's probably a month or so away, give yeah. or take. We'll have bread there. I think they're going to do some sandwiches with the bread. Too. Yeah. We oh, also, wait, so they'll buy it wholesale and make sandwiches yeah. and sell them, but we'll also so we'll buy a loaf yeah, there. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be there. Um, there's a few other places that are in the works, um, but I'm not sure about those, so I won't say anything. Um, but the Food yeah. Hub is the best way to make sure you get a loaf for the week, and then the Watauga County Farmer's Market is where we sell. And we have croissants and stuff on the Food Hub, but we, we'll have, like, a very... The biggest menu is at Watauga. And then by the time someone listens to this, who knows, maybe you would have made those connections and finalized For the sure, ones yeah. that you don't want to say. Yeah. So how can they find out later on what's the best way to follow you online? Follow us on Instagram. Which is, what's the name? Between the Trees Bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's where I update the most. It's connected to Facebook. We do have a Facebook account too. Mm-hmm. I update through Insta though. Um, and then our website, betweenthetreesbread.com. Great. Yeah. And then now for someone that's like, I just want to make bread, not to scale, not for business. Where do they start? What do they, what do they get? What do they do? Just, they just want to I make mean, some bread. The best way to start is just to, with a yeasted King Arthur sourdough recipe. It's basically just your starter bread is a 60% ratio of flour to water. And then, um, just a little salt and a, a packet of yeast or it's like five or 10 grams or something for 500. But so King Arthur, what would they look Google? If you have access, if you have access to the internet, yeah, um, just like I would start with just a yeasted recipe of bread, and then if they want to do a sourdough recipe, all of these, everything. If you have access to the internet, everything is available that you need. And I would say, if anyone's listening to this and they don't have access to the internet, how are you listening to this? (laughs) (laughs) But I get what you're saying. You're realizing that's part of privilege too, right? Some people don't, they can't even do that. But assuming they have that. Um, Then, uh, and then if they want to do sourdough, sourdough is really pretty easy to start. Um, You just kind of mix flour and water in a bowl and you let it rest then you feed it um, and then it will start bubbling. But also... They are more than welcome to email me, and I have all the discard starter that they would want. Oh, so sweet. I'm happy to share starter with uh-huh. anyone that wants to get started. Then they can brag and be like, yeah, this is actually starter <laughs> I got <laughs> from Between the Trees. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, and I, I'm sure people sell it online too, but if they send me an email, I, I got plenty of discard. Why the name Between the Trees? Well, so it's actually a old school climbing video, Between the Trees. Dude. Is, uh bouldering video of Fontainebleau in France where I got into bread oh the overlap of your worlds yeah. that's perfect so, I thought it, for sure it was because of our neighborhood like I thought well, for sure mom also calls the house her like tree house or something uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean so yeah so there's a it little, works there's, and it's not it's climbing related because climbing was such a big part of my life but it's not so climbing related that people would know 
So, I don't think anyone yeah, would guess that. Things. You have to be pretty deep dive into climbing to know that. Yeah. But so that's where it started from. So. Yeah, see, there are some of you that are like, I'm going to the farmer's market, or I'm going to Wildwood Community Market. Whenever that opens, whatever that is, I'm going to do a podcast conversation with my friend Joe about that real soon. But go out, go buy some of his bread. It's good. It's good for you. I've had pretty much every version of bread that that man has made, whether it's got a whole bunch of fun stuff in it, or it's the basic loaf, uh, whether the, he makes these croissants that are so flaky and good and buttery. And then he has, sometimes he throws some chocolate in there. Oh man, you got to go get his bread or, or maybe it's time for you to finally start to try. Maybe it's time for you to make a loaf of bread. Google the stuff we talked about, give it a go. It's fun. It can be very, it can be very, uh, uh, healing to just sit to stand in a kitchen and focus on just one thing can be very therapeutic. I, th- I think it's very meditative, actually, to just turn off the phone and, and just stand in the kitchen and focus on the ingredients in front of you. I dare you to try it. It's really good. I love doing stuff like that. If you are distracted too much in our modern culture, you got too many options, turn off the phone, stand in your kitchen, try to make some bread. If it doesn't turn out all right, I bet you it's still going to be good and you're still going to have a great memory. All right, so go on Instagram, follow between the trees bread or you can go to between the trees bread.com and as always you can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things <laughs>